Summer's almost here. Yay, right? So, when's the last time you tried on your swimsuits and summer clothes? If you could get back into summer shape in one visit, would you do it? Here's Dr. Brian Strand for Sonobello to explain. It really is quite remarkable. Sonobello doctors use a technology called microlaser fat removal, and the results are amazing. We customize your procedure to accomplish your goals. Just share with us the problem areas where you'd like the fat in inches removed. And in one visit, they're gone, permanently. I can't tell you how often I hear clients say how many years they've been trying to diet and exercise those inches away. And we did it in one comfortable visit. It's time to get your summer on. Visit any of our Sonobella locations across the U.S. And right now, you can save $250. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. That's sonobello.com slash save. White Castle presents CEO Lisa Ingram. My great-grandfather opened White Castle in 1921, which is why I'm excited to announce the new 1921 slider, inspired by how we made them 100 years ago, with a 100% beef patty topped with cheddar cheese, caramelized onions, tomato, lettuce, and pickles. Come see why originality never goes out of style. I'm Lisa, but you can call me the Slider Queen. White Castle. Long live sliders. Pasteurized processed cheese at participating castles. Hi, everybody. Itch here with, I suppose, the, the new variation on the Prospect podcast. I got some draft thoughts. Major League Baseball 2020 draft just happened uh, last week. And then there's been some fallout over the weekend. And then there's a conspiracy theory involved in the fallout, which is not all that conspiracy, you know, conspiratorial. It's just watching what happened. You know, in this draft situation, Major League Baseball moved 40 rounds to five and then set up this parameter with an artificial line, $20,000. Nobody gets to bid more than $20,000 on a prospect after these five rounds. And so you've got 35 rounds worth of free agents, 35 times 30. That's a lot. Um, 3,500 free agents and normally would be drafted. And, and... That's not right. <laughs> Somebody's better at math than me, by which I mean everybody. I hadn't thought about the actual number until right now and just how enormous it was. That's not quite right. We're talking about like 900, just over 1,000. Um, right? I'll do that later. I don't like to clickety-clack during the show. I've got handwritten notes. I've got some internet notes. I've got some internet pages pulled up. But I'm afraid I'm a kind of a loudest clickety-clacker and previous iterations of podcasts or when I have guested on some gracious podcasts that have invited me on, uh, I can hear myself click and clack sometimes. Anyway, um, so I don't want to get sidetracked by that math, although how many seconds have I already sidetracked to that math? I really enjoyed the draft, you know? I mean, as sports-starved as we are, and I was carving out time between I was watching Peppa Pig at the same time and trying to stream the draft because it's at 6 and my window for that night, my wife had a meeting, a work meeting, and I was on I was on the clock watching the draft and Peppa at the same time just for the last 20 minutes. We don't watch that much TV with the two-year-old, but Peppa is quite educational anyway, and then I got to transition. She goes to bed at 7. What a champ. And um, man, what a fun time. What a fun time. Night one was really fun. 
even though, you know, there's this creeping, ugh, this is weird. And then night two, there was just so much conversation about all the fuckery required to sign the players you actually wanted to get and all the different maneuvers you had to do. You had to draft this college senior and this college junior, and here's a reliever. Oh, my gosh, all the relievers. There were so many relievers drafted in the first five rounds. And now you're seeing the bonuses come in, the actual signing bonuses. And keep in mind, the bulk of these are not due anyway for quite some time. And uh, they're way under, like the juniors and seniors. And I already written a piece, my reaction piece, the day after the... Was it? No, it was Sunday. So... I'd already written the piece and written it during the draft, too. Just, like, the, the weird, gross feeling about it all. And then you saw... Like, like, just... This is the draft. Shouldn't people just take who they want in the draft? Like, isn't... The thing is called a draft. It's not, like, this weird contract war. It's not free agency. And... It, yet, it seems like the worse you are at negotiating, it means the better you are at getting drafted. <laughs> like, especially right now. Like, if you say, yeah, sure, dude, I'll take 70K, 100K. And it's like, the slot value here is 500K. And that's what I'm saying. Like, numbers are coming in, and and, and uh, specifically, I saw one where the slot value was 500-some thousand, and the, the guy took 100,000. The Cardinals just signed their 70th overall pick, well under slot value, a guy I had written about because their draft is one of my favorites, a two-way two -way player. Um, and, and it just... It's just amazing to me. Um, and I know this happens. This happens every year. It's not, it's not unique. It's just... It seems unique in this compressed situation much more so and I think it is I think it's been ratcheted all the way up to 11 like it goes all the way up to 11 and I, it's it's gross it's gross and then you saw the $20,000 over the weekend teams were signing 10 and 11 prospects for $20,000 meanwhile releasing all these other prospects meanwhile closing down minor league leagues stadiums and it's a head scratcher but you then then so so I, I they were way more successful at getting $20,000 signees than I thought they would be I, I really thought the market would just flood well and it will you know next year I, I really thought the college game would would just be flooded with sort of return talent and high school players that didn't get drafted or signed and, and I think it will it will I just am also surprised at how many players are agreeing to this bonus. What, I mean, really, though, if you want to play baseball, you're, you know, medium good or you aren't that confident or, you know, whatever. There's plenty of reasons to take a $20,000 signing bonus and, and make yourself a professional baseball player. And so I don't want to disparage anyone who's taking that. It just does weaken the position for everybody because make no mistake, this is not just a pandemic thing. I mean, it is in... It's, I'm sure, uh, beginnings, but it is an experiment. 
by Major League Baseball to see how much talent within the United States would cost. They set the slot values based on the sort of free agency that was the draft at one point in the sense that the players could negotiate for themselves pre these slot values. These budgets are relatively recent. Um, the budgets based on how well you did last year are relatively recent. And, and they might not even be a decade old. Man, my research as I prepped for this show is not great. This is one of the reasons I will have a co-host, but I have thought about I, I, when I did my show solo, I kind of liked the pace and the rhythm, and also I've got some health issues that it's easier if I don't have to be scheduled for a thing. Um, but it, it just... It hasn't been that long even that this has been the norm, and teams have really exploited the budget, but even that hasn't been enough, so they now tried this $20,000 thing, and... I think every team will consider this a success internally and a success that they would like to continue outside the pandemic. Uh, I I think it's very unlikely that we, and and other people have said this, but I think the $20,000 thing is really new and we just didn't expect, I I mean, I, we, I'm the queen now. I've got all sorts of folks with me. Um, but, But I'm talking about sort of the echo chamber and the way this was discussed. We, uh... I don't think people expected teams to get quality prospects for $20,000 and to get 10 of them, 13 of them. And this is the first few days. Um, I just, I'm I'm worried about the international market. There was a story that came out today that I read, but I don't have the full download. I read right through it really fast. It's a pretty long story on USA Today. I can't recommend it highly enough about all of the fuckery going on in the international market, agreeing to a bonus with a 12-year-old who just now recently has had this agreement rescinded, not only because the international signing date is now in January of 2021 when it is scheduled to be July 2nd as of yesterday. I, I mean, just this week they changed the international signing date from July 2nd to January. And impoverished countries, impoverished people groups, kids who have been working toward this date in concrete since they were 11 years old or 7 years old, almost every day, some places, 10, 12 hours a day working toward this goal. And then having actually gotten the agreement of the 3.5 million, that 3.57 that that Christian Hernandez with the Cubs has agreed to, or the 3.5 million that Wilman Diaz, I believe, has of the Dodgers. But the fact that I even have these numbers is ridiculous. It's illegal by the MLB agreements that they have these agreements in place, but they have become public knowledge even. You can find them on fan graphs in various places how much an agreement is in place for with a prospect going to a team. The Rays are expected to sign Carlos Colmenares, who looks like a monster. And in this story, there's little whispers of, like, steroids and things, and I don't want to, like, but, but, but they're certainly working out and eating and trying to make... Pedro Martinez's quote is something about adult work days for children. But like, you should be against, you know, humans in general should be against adult, man-sized workdays, might be what he said, or adult-sized workdays for children. And they should be. And, and maybe 
Colmenares and Dominguez are just are just uh, gift. They certainly will be, you know, proven to be very gifted, or not. That uh, time will tell. But but in general, as adults, but they're certainly really physically developed now. And I don't mean to like uh, dis- disparage it, the the kids who want to pull themselves up either. And I don't want to go down that whole dark PED path either. Although, I mean, there's nothing down there regulating it. And if you're a trainer who wants to have success, your whole career business is on the line with how good your players turn out. It doesn't matter. We don't want to go down that road. I'm just saying the story's amazing. USA Today, uh, it's, it's all connected. These events are all linked. Um, and that's, that's the theory behind Infinity Animal, Animal Menders, which has been a longtime sponsor of my fantasy baseball work all the way back to the Fantasy Futures podcast. And the Infinity Animal Menders business model is uh, you need your own cardboard box and you need to, um, you know, during these corona times, things get difficult with certain veterinary services and vets are not always available for things like squirrels. I mean, nobody really... Who speaks for the squirrels, you know? The Lorax speaks for the trees. Who speaks for the squirrels? Infinity Animal Menders does. And you can mail any animal into Infinity Animal Menders, and it's just $10, and they will have him back or her back in action. Um, Infinity Animal Menders. Check us out at infinityanimalmenders.com. Back to the draft recap, which I never really got to, because I got frustrated before our live read there. Um, with all of this international market stuff, it just is devastating. And I have a feeling that the agreements that are handshake in place with a 13, 14-year-old, you know, Dominguez hadn't been seen since he was 14 by a lot of organizations. And so when the Yankees were dropping these videos, it was the first time a lot of people had seen Dominguez in a while. Because, you know, he'd been handshake agreed to this deal since he was Maybe before 14 years old. My time was signed when he was 14 to one of these handshake agreements, and I believe they bought him a house or something. Um, these might not even stand, you know. Um, the $3.5 million for which some of these people might have handshake signed, they might not stand when, when January comes around. Best drafts, if if you're still into that. Dodgers, of course, a lot of people like the Dodgers draft. I do too. I think their first round pick is a money saver. Bobby Miller, who I think looks, I mean, he's a reliever, unless the Dodgers, but they're the Dodgers, so they might figure it out, but seems like he's a reliever. That's my chair squeaking, by the way. I don't have like a Dobby, uh, some sort of house elf trapped in here. Although, wow, did you hear that JK stuff? Um, Clayton Beater, who they got 66, I believe, overall. Out of Texas Tech, he is a monster. Um, Landon Knack, who they got at, I think, 59 or 60 before that. One of those two. He is a monster. Um, 51 strikeouts in one walk, I believe, in 2020. So if you like that, sounds very Dodger to me. Jake Vogel, who they got at 100, is a plus-plus runner. And... um, with the Dodgers coaches, and I read some quotes from their hitting team. Somebody with their hitting team. Sorry, I'm not doing a great job citing sources either. I'll get better at this. I'm out of practice with how fast it goes and how much I hate, like, stopping to look stuff up. Please, you know, do, and, and sort of call me out if I do something wrong. Um, 
that way. But Vogel, they seem to have a plan in place. And it's the Dodgers. You know, their plans are good. Uh, the Cardinals drafted Mason Wynn at 15. I don't mean to start with that. I really like Jordan Walker. It's just that Mason Wynn and Tink Hens, I sort of, when I was just, you know, whatever, doing my reading along the way, like their story is really interesting. And, and they're on the same travel ball team, and they were both committed to Arkansas, and now they're going to get to play with St. Louis together. I mean, probably most of the way up. And they were both unhittable against their competition, like, throughout, but especially their their draft year and the year before their draft year. We're talking, like, 0.69 ERA, like, two Ks per inning. But but Jordan Walker, their their first-round pick, um, 6'5", 225, like, like uh, five-star linebacker-type talent, plus, 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 just, just the kind of talent that you don't often see in baseball. And sometimes they break through, and when they do, it's incredibly loud. And sometimes they struggle, but I like what I see from the base mechanics of his swing. And and I think it's the Cardinals. You know, they really know what they're doing. I like his chances. Um, the Mets have Isaiah Green, and so Isaiah Green's the kind of guy much more valuable in fantasy than, than like, real baseball because there's that that real good chance that he stays an 80-runner and he can hit, and he's good at, you know, he can field. Like, he was a late first-round guy in my mock draft. I never got him out of the first round in my mock draft. I think he landed in my final mock, um, not with the Braves. Uh, I gave Jordan Walker to the Braves. Maybe it was the Cardinals. Sorry, I don't even know where I put him in my own mock. The end of the first round. Um Maybe the Dodgers? But he just, Isaiah Green, Isaiah Green, Isaiah Green. I think he'll be 11th on my first-year player draft rankings. Um, I'm not sure, because you do have to, my first instinct is always just to go all the way into what I think and where I would draft him, which might be before that. Um, but sometimes you got to play the market a little better. And I can be better at that on my own teams sometimes than maybe my rankings suggest. Um, but usually there's guys I like that drop, you know, more. So I'll take another guy that I like in front of, in front of Green who dropped more than, or Corbin Carroll from last year, who dropped more than I thought he should. Um, they also got Pete Crow Armstrong, who was a lot of people a top 10 talent, and I thought he might be a top 10 talent, and he went 17. And the Mets had a good draft. Uh, the Pirates got... Maybe maybe my favorite fantasy player after Torque, um, and maybe before Torque, honestly, if he hadn't gone to the Pirates. I like their coaching, but they're, they're, it's sort of death on right-handed power, their ballpark. And so Spencer Torkelson um, has more power and definitely has more power now. But Nick Gonzalez might still, might still steal some bags. And the Pirates have good contact hitting coaching right now, I think. Good hitting coaching going in general. Or maybe just Brian Reynolds is good and Josh Bell got better. And Kevin Newman, too, right? Um, and then I talked about... Uh, there's more with the Pirates, but um, Nick Gonzalez is our main concern for fantasy right now. As is Spencer Torkelson with the Tigers, all who also did well in the draft. Although you have to consider Daniel Cabrera really late. Um, good contact ability for some power. In, in a corner outfield bat. The Blue Jays, of course, got Austin Martin, who fell, and at that point, you can't really fuck that draft up. 
Um, he falls because money is real and baseball is cheap. Um, the Padres have a similar good draft grade because it looks like they're going to sign Cole Wilcox. I've seen some of the numbers on the Padres draftees and they're incredibly below slot. Robert Hassel gets drafted before Zach Veen in part because the Padres know they can sign him for less than Veen wants and then later they take advantage of that and they draft Cole Wilcox who might be a top 15 talent in the draft. And you just, all you got to do is look him up. Cole Wilcox, there's quite a bit of video, just internet available, open source. And he's crazy looking. I mean, his his, his two-seamer has such incredible cut run. Like, like I don't... We'll see what happens. It has a, this cut, that like, this run-dive action. And I keep saying cut because it's, like, extreme, and I think he's doing something to it. Um, but maybe that's just his natural... He looks so nasty. Um, for, for a guy that you get 89th overall. But also at the same time, you can't really swing a salami without hitting an interesting pitching prospect in this draft. There's just so many. Just so many. Now some quick bad drafts. Obviously everybody's shitting on the Red Sox. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about the the whole thing. I hope that they don't sign... Uh, Yorkie. Sorry, I was trying to get Yorkie out of my head because a buddy of mine keeps calling him Yorkie. And, and like, a, you know, the little dog. Here, Yorkie. Um, and so I hope they don't sign him because then it's more interesting. And, and I think they have a huge advantage next year if they don't sign him. And one of the thoughts that goes along with that is there won't be any baseball for a bunch of these draftees anyway. Unless you're going Reed Detmer's uh, right to the taxi squad. There's really not baseball for you, probably, until next year. And at that point, you're not really gaining that much by being drafted. And you might even gain from going to college if there's going to be college baseball before there's big league baseball again next year. Maybe maybe there will be spring training. Uh, minor league spring training will be on, on schedule, and, and you'll get some before the draft. But this June draft will come, and the players who go back... Uh, will have only lost a little bit of minor league time. So the Red Sox, if they can get two later with more information, uh, they aren't really losing a whole lot in time of development of having them in their organization. It's an interesting... I mean, you can get them in the complexes and get them indoors and working on stuff, but it's an interesting situation. And you also win because you're not losing that season toward the 40-man decision versus minor league free agency. It's an interesting conundrum, and, and I think if they don't sign him, I, I gave him a B if they don't sign him, and I think a D if they do or something like that. And the Rangers, I just gave a D. It's not bad for fantasy, but they take you know Justin uh, Foscue, Foscue, who uh, can hit, maybe, but that's like what he does, and then it's just kind of like meh, and the Braves are kind of like meh, and the Reds. The Reds you can dream on. Uh, the Reds aren't in the same camp as the other two. I just uh, Hendricks going to need some work, and he's going to be kind of behind age level, and I don't really like his swing. And we'll see, but it does generate a lot of bad speed and power. Um, now to go into some like fun stuff on the way out. Um, wow, the Brewers outfield, dude: Hedbert Perez, Isaiah Green, Luis Medina, Garrett Mitchell. I keep putting Isaiah Green on the Brewers. He's on the Mets. What's wrong with my brain? My brain did that before. 
And I'm thinking like, woo, Brewers, but um, still pretty woo, Brewers for for their approach to building an outfield. Garrett Mitchell falls to them because of the diabetes. One of my best friends when we were playing high school ball had diabetes, and he would take the insulin shot like right there on the bus and be like pounding sugar and like, I mean, dude really knew how to manage it. Not pounding sugar, but also pounding sugar. Like, you you can, I mean, he, he was an incredible athlete, and he got so much more athletic. See, I knew him before the diabetes was diagnosed, and then it was, and then there was a whole, like, borderline comatose for quite a while situation, and then he figured his way out of it and became just, like, a monster. Like, it was, and I'm not saying it's a, it's a PED. I'm just saying... I feel like Garrett Mitchell fell quite a bit because of the swing change, but mostly because of the diabetes. And uh, I think that was a miscalculation on the part of the teams that passed on him for the most part. There were there were a lot of good players taken there, though. Um, so final, final move here. Mr. Go is a film that I recommended over the Twitters to uh, Ellen Adair and... Uh, <laughs> Eric Gildy, I keep forgetting his last name. Um, even though I love the show, take me into the ball game, and, and uh, I hope they do it. I hope they do it. But even if they don't soon, Mister Go, I think you should watch um, if you can get access to it. I'll, I'll follow up and see where I can get some access. But the trailer's available on YouTube. Just look up Mister Go. It is so good. Um, it's like a King Kong, the natural, kind of a Dickensian, a Christmas carol, uh, human-non-human bonding of any kind. I was thinking Marley and me a little bit, but I don't want to go down like... Uh, I shouldn't even have said that. It's just so good. It's just so good. Um, I don't even remember. I said Marley and me, but I swear to you, I don't remember. Like, that... that makes you think the, the gorilla dies. I don't even remember. Certainly Marley dies, right? I don't remember. I just remember being really sad. But I, I don't remember if the gorilla in Mr. Go dies or not. Um, but you can watch the preview. I honestly don't think he does. And so even saying Marley and me is like a good, you know, non-teaser teaser, non-spoiler spoiler. And I'm going to say some other things I know where to watch. Upload on Amazon's really good escape if you're looking for a little escape from all the craziness and death. And and disease and brutality and also devs. Devs is not really escape away from it. It's more that escape into the exigency of something else. Um, but devs is intriguing enough. I think that you would crush devs on Hulu. Upload is on Bezos. Um, Castlevania season three on the Netflix. If you haven't done the Castlevania watch, man, it's good. Uh, I don't. I think it'll be fine if you've never, ever done anything, if you don't know anything, like, in terms of that world, that story world, I think it's fine, but I played Symphony of the Night a little bit, a lot, and so, and it was a very good game, but I don't think it matters. Um, Kipo in the uh, Age of the Wonder Beasts on the Netflix, it's quite good, soundtrack's really good, Um, season two, Good stuff. Keep on the Age of the Wonder Beast. Peep Show is kind of an old show on Hulu. Um, David Mitchell. I also like his like comedy. If you just look up anything David Mitchell, there's some escape there. Frankie Boyle is the perfect kind of angry for our times. If you don't know who Frankie Boyle is, he's kind of perfect. 
Obviously, Dave Chappelle doing good work. And then there's a whole world of manga anime to escape to. Uh, yeah, that, that we could talk about someday if you like. But I'm I'm running up against almost a half an hour. And One Piece is what I was going to mention for like, man, if you just got time to kill and you're like kind of down about everything all the time. Uh, I've recommended One Piece to people and had them tell me it. Like, uh, I won't say saved their life, but that was a thing in Japan for a while, too. There's a story I used to point out to students that uh, were interested about this, like, these ongoing feature pieces of people who said One Piece saved their life. And, um, yeah, I get it. It's got a big heart. And it's really good escape into, like, um, really bright world story world anyway thanks for listening everybody baseball right we're gonna have baseball 40 odd games of baseball maybe 50 um (laughs) let's not end on a down note think about all the good that can happen in the world how much of that we might be able to do yeah take care everybody texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages messaging data rates may apply reply stop opt out The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one Text the word grade to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text grade to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text grade to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text grade to 323232 now. Text grade to 323232.